0: This is the California report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. State legislators are returning to Sacramento today after leaving for an emergency recess in March because of the coronavirus crisis. I discussed what's ahead for the legislature with California Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon. My first question, why are legislators reconvening during a pandemic?
4: I think we're essential workers. I think uh, a legislature is essential to democracy itself. We have to make sure that the programs that respond to COVID are, are functioning correctly, so we need to make sure we're engaged in oversight. We also have a June 15th budget deadline, and we need to work on our budget hearings in order to make sure that we hit that deadline. And we have bills. We have bills related to COVID. We have bills not related to
0: COVID. So the, you know, the governance of California continues despite the crisis. So as they gather from different parts of California, what kind of safeguards are going to be in place at the state capitol to make sure legislators and their staffs are are safe? Uh, Quite a few. First of all, we're only using our
4: three largest committee rooms uh, for committee hearings to make sure that we can maintain social distance, not only between members themselves, but also between folks uh, in the audience who come in to... to to see what we're doing and and to testify. If the public wants to come in and see what we're doing, they're constitutionally guaranteed to do so, uh, but they're going to have to do so
0: in in a manner that's quite different than the way they have in the past. But there have been reports, Mr. Speaker, of some legislators expressing concerns about returning to the Capitol. Do you think all of your colleagues are satisfied with the precautions?
4: I'm not sure that everyone is fully satisfied, but we certainly put a lot of thought into it. But I also think as a deliberative body, I think the in-person dynamic, the interaction between members is is also
0: an important part of what we do here. Along with passing a budget by June 15th, which is constitutionally required, what do you think is going to be job number one for this legislature? And is governing looking ahead essentially all about responding to the coronavirus pandemic?
4: Well, we, we definitely need to continue working on, on the COVID crisis. I also think at the same time, it's absolutely positively essential that we don't use the COVID crisis as an excuse to roll back any labor or environmental regulations. You hear this uh, quite a bit out there from folks saying, like, what's the delay implementation of environmental or labor regulations? As far as I'm concerned, those are excuses from people
0: who were never on board with these with these policies to begin with. But Speaker Rendon, what would you say to people who would argue that state government doesn't really have the bandwidth, or at least shouldn't have the bandwidth, to deal with anything else other than the coronavirus pandemic right now?
4: I'd say a couple of things. First of all, um, there were calls in this building to limit legislation exclusively, to to restrict legislation exclusively to COVID-related problems. And I I immediately balked at that and, and said it was legislative malpractice. Before the COVID crisis happened, we had problems relating to joblessness, relating to homelessness, relating to climate change. We're not going to stop focusing uh, on those problems. Not in the state assembly. That being said, are we in a new reality? A post? Will we be in a post-COVID reality where things will look differently? Absolutely. We're going to be. Uh, you know, we're going to react accordingly. But we're not going to stop addressing the the fundamental problems that we've been facing in the last several years. All right.
0: Anthony Rendon, Speaker of the California State Assembly, thank you so much. Thank you. The political process continues during the coronavirus pandemic. The first election during California's COVID-19 crisis is next Tuesday. Voters north of Los Angeles in the Simi, Santa Clarita and Antelope Valleys are casting ballots in a special election. They'll decide who fills a congressional seat left vacant by the resignation of freshman Democrat Katie Hill last October. As KQED's Guy Marzorati reports, the pandemic has reframed the candidates' messages and reshaped how the election will take place
2: the only candidate debate between republican mike garcia and democrat christy smith began with a sound familiar to many these days
1: the broadcast is now starting all attendees are in listen only mode
2: for the next hour garcia a former navy fighter pilot and smith a state assemblywoman politely took turns answering questions from the comfort of their homes Both campaigns have sharpened their message and campaign ads to reflect the urgency that voters feel about the coronavirus and its fallout, questioning Smith's judgment.
1: Imagine her recklessness during these frightening times. And questioning
2: Garcia's commitment to public health. More than ever, we need a
0: leader who will put our health and safety first.
2: Garcia is calling for easing business regulations as the economy tanks.
4: We need to make make it easier right now for the gig economy to, to restart. To have independent contractors be able to go to work within whatever capacity they can during the stay at home."
2: Garcia is attacking Smith's support of Assembly Bill 5, the law that limits the number of California workers who are classified as independent contractors rather than employees.
4: Turn off AB5 right now. There's no point. Uh, everyone has conceded that it's it's a bad bill. It needs a lot of work. Health
2: care was a winning issue for Democrats in the district back in 2018, and Smith has returned to the topic as coronavirus levels a devastating toll on the health of thousands in the L.A. area.
3: Given the moment that we're in, the single most important thing is, first of all, we're going to restore... America's health.
2: Smith wants Congress to create a public option to compete with insurance purchased on the open market, and she's criticizing Garcia for his calls to repeal the Affordable Care Act.
3: Going forward, we have put funding and resources into every aspect of our government's health delivery system to ensure that we're ready to stand up against a
1: pandemic like this again in the future.
2: California's stay-at-home order has had an even greater effect on how candidates are campaigning and how residents can vote. Local Republican activist Mark Hershey says block-by-block canvassing is out of the question. The touchy stuff, the knock on the door, it's not that. Phone banking is a big, huge deal. Every voter in the district will be mailed a ballot, though L.A. and Ventura counties will offer some limited opportunities for in-person voting. The all-male election has made some Democrats nervous. If the electorate turns out to be older and whiter, that could give Republicans a chance to flip a California House seat from blue to red for the first time this century. But, both sides say, don't expect this unprecedented stay-at-home election to provide a preview of the fall. In November, Garcia and Smith will face off again in an election for a full two-year term in a political landscape that's impossible to predict. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzorati.
0: Even under stay-at-home orders, most counties have allowed construction projects to continue, including home remodeling and landscaping. So day laborers have kept looking for the little work that remains. In Los Angeles, activists are reaching out to workers to tell them about programs that can help them. KCRW's Benjamin Gottlieb reports. Nelson Cesar Ruiz is a day laborer looking
5: for work on street corners, curbsides, and hiring centers. His specialty is home remodeling, he says, everything from bathrooms to kitchens. This is an almost entirely male workforce that he's in. Most are undocumented and nearly all come from Mexico or Central America. Ruiz says he worked for a construction company for
3: eight years. I eight
5: but they let him go, because everything is shut down, without pay, without anything really. There are countless others like Ruiz. The social safety net available to citizens right now is out of reach for all of them. And many don't know about the help that they do qualify for. A group of immigrant activists using the slogan, qué?" What about us? has been holding drive-by protests all across LA County. Leonardo Wilschitz is one of them.
2: Pero que avisarle al dueño manager que papel,
5: You have to tell your landlord or your property manager that you can't pay the rent, he says. He then points to a packet he's prepared with other activists. They've been driving around LA County passing out information on renter protections and distributing masks and hand sanitizer to day laborers.
2: We have a health crisis, an economic crisis,
5: a political crisis, a political crisis, and a crisis of people not knowing the law, he says. And that's why we need to pass out this information as much as possible. Many day laborers, Will Sheets says, are unaware of new laws passed amid the pandemic. There's now a statewide moratorium, for example, on evictions until May 31st. It could be extended as well. And beginning this month, California opened up applications for immigrant workers to apply for direct relief through partnerships with local nonprofits. $500 for individuals and $1,000 for families. But whether many day laborers will even know that these resources are available to them remains uncertain.
0: For the California Report, I'm Benjamin Gottlieb in Pasadena. Jails and prisons are hot spots when it comes to the spread of COVID-19. They're also places where personal hygiene products to keep clean are in short supply. There's a new online effort to help one prisoner at a time. KQED's Kate Wolf reports.
3: Before the COVID-19 outbreak cost her her job, Margaret Granados worked as a caregiver in Los Angeles. Now she's unemployed and struggling to figure out how to support her family.
4: I've actually been feeling really depressed because I can't provide for my kids right now. My son's birthday was on April 1st. I wasn't able to do anything for him.
3: But it's not just her children who rely on her. Her fiancé is locked up at the California Correctional Center in Susanville. She usually sends him about $50 a month to use at the prison canteen.
4: He buys his stuff, whatever he can, like shampoos and stuff that he needs, and he's usually not even able to even buy his food, so that's how important it is, because I'm the one that's
3: only helping him out. These canteens can serve as lifelines for prisoners. While they get three meals a day, many say that's not enough, so they supplement their diet with food from the canteen. They can also buy hygiene products there. The state issues one bar of soap a week. That's all inmates have to wash their hair, body, and hands if they don't buy anything else from the canteen. And in the era of COVID-19, an extra bar of soap to keep clean may be even more crucial than extra food. Kelly Ortiz works at a family practice clinic in San Diego. Her hours have been slashed in half. And this month, after a car payment and rent, she could only afford to send her partner half as much as she used to. I've just been so tight on money and was a little bit behind on the payment. Two weeks ago, Ortiz joined a Facebook group called Give Directly, canteen support for incarcerated people during COVID 19. She posted her partner, Oriel Ramirez's name, his prison ID number, and his location. Within a few days, a stranger had donated through JPEG, a payment method used by prisons. He called me and he asked me, he was like, hey, did your cousin send something to me? And I was like, no. No, I'm not sure. And he was like, oh, okay, because someone by the name of Jessica sent me $50 on my j And I got the notice and, you know, it was perfect timing. Hundreds of people like Ortiz have posted their loved one's information on the Facebook page, and many have received donations. Adnan Khan started that Facebook page. He's a formerly incarcerated person and the executive director of the advocacy group Restore Justice. He knows how important this support is for people on the inside. But in this moment, the payments are just as meaningful to people on the outside. He says many are scared and anxious because they know the conditions in prison.
4: Forget about social distancing. um, Forget about staying at home, self-quarantine. Those things are not applicable in, in prison, especially if you live in a dorm setting.
3: Transmission numbers at California prisons are continuing to rise. Officials say they're distributing masks and reducing dorm populations, but acknowledge social distancing is impossible in some areas of prisons. And in the face of this news, Khan says the Facebook group is providing some measure of comfort. For the California Report, I'm Kate Wolf.
0: And that is the California Report, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Be well.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint, water with a touch of true fruit flavor. Water heaters only. Specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured. Open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems.
3: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.